You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. We want to inspire you to be in your financial front seat by knowing what you own, what you owe, how to reach your goals, and having an annual checkup. Learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey, everybody, it's Jean Chatsky. Welcome to Her Money. So a few weeks ago, actually a little bit longer than that now, time is just going too fast, which is a very appropriate thing to mention, and you'll see why in just a second. I recently was hired to moderate a panel for an association called the Alliance for Lifetime Income. And on my panel was a woman named Elaine Larson. Elaine Larson, for those of you who have never heard of her, is a hot rodder. In fact, she is a Hot Rod Association world champion. She's the co-owner of a company called Larson Motorsports, and she makes her living going 280 miles an hour in a car that is propelled by a rocket. Yes, a rocket. I can say that one more time. Elaine is also a fabulous, fabulous story. And so I invited her after I met her to be on the show. Elaine, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's exciting for me, too. So we've got you today on Skype. Where are we catching you? We are actually in Palm Bay, Florida, right on the Space Coast, right where they have rockets that go in the air about once a month. So I'm right at home here. Amazing. All right. You got to just start with your backstory because everybody who meets you, I am sure, wants to know, how did you get started? How, how did you figure out that you wanted to be a hot rod driver? Well, I did not start out in the family at all like this. Um, I grew up in a very small town in Middleton, Michigan, right in the middle of the mitten. Um, I grew up as a Mennonite, believe it or not. My dad was a farmer. He had a seventh grade education. And uh, we farmed. We had navy beans, soybeans, oats, um, just all kinds of stuff. We had pigs and chickens and all kinds of stuff. So it was an awesome, awesome way to grow up. Um, But we were really not exposed to a lot of hot rod kind of things, unless you call it a John Deere tractor or my horsepower (laughs) was like real horses. Um, So it was a lot of fun growing up, got to run around and just explore and use my imagination, which was really cool um, because there's no TVs, no radios, anything like that. But then when I turned 16, I met this super crazy guy that was driving this hot rod, this 32 Ford Deuce Coupe, just like on American Graffiti. He pulls up beside me on the highway and he goes, hey, I looked over at him and said, hey, back. Um, We pulled over and started chatting and we've been married 32 years after this. So craziness. But his upbringing was so different than mine. His dad was a mechanical engineer, a nuclear engineer, a chemical engineer. He was a pilot in the Air Force. Um, so this kid just was, everything was at his available to him. I mean, he knew about all of these amazing things. So when we met, we went on our date to a drag strip. And I'm like, what are these cars doing? But I was slightly fascinated. And so I kind of nosed around and 
25 years later, I'm still driving a hot rod. And the first time I got in a car, let me tell you, I probably screamed louder than what the engine was. I was nervous. I was scared. But uh, I've never looked back. I'm in the car for good now. That's quite amazing. And you're not just in the car, but you've built a company. You've built a, a company of engineers. And the fact that you're located on the Space Coast is no coincidence. Talk to us a little bit about that. It really isn't. Um, you know, so my background before I started racing was always in daycare and being around kids and, you know, helping to spark their imagination. So we put our passions together. The husband is an airplane mechanic and he builds all of my race cars. But I like working with the younger generation to kind of show them that there are other paths, that there's really cool things if you open your eyes. And math and science and technology is all around you if you just give it the opportunity. And so we put our passions together and we work with this awesome university on the Space Coast, Florida Institute of Technology. And we work with their young budding engineers from aerospace engineers to mechanical to chemical, human centered design. We have a biomedical engineer that works here at Larson Motorsports. And just to see these kids walk in the door and come up with, okay, Elaine, what are we going to do today? And I say, well, we're going to make me go fast. And uh, we have built this little empire on you know, STEM and STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And right here on the Space Coast, we're in the technology corridor. And it's so much fun to see these kids push the limits because we're pushing the limits in space. I mean, it's just so cool. And we're amongst good people who really want to take these kids and go further with them. I know that in 2011, you had a really horrendous accident. Um, not to take this show down a, a dismal turn, but um, you could have died. So tell us what happened and what sort of response you had in your life following that. You know, Jean, that's a really good question because that day, if I look back on it, it was a normal day, just like today. I woke up, brushed my teeth, got dressed and went to the racetrack. And to me, that's a normal day. Okay. <laughs> and I was getting ready to get in my car and, you know, just look down the drag strip like I did every other day. I go zero to hundred in a second, zero to 280 in five and a half seconds. And that's normal to me. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, looked around, everything looked good. But about mm, right at the finish line, all of a sudden, everything didn't feel normal. A crosswind caught my car, and aerodynamically, it made it unsound, so it decided it wanted to fly, and it went into a wall. I hit the wall at 280 and skid. And I'm going to tell you, you know when you watch these movies where they say, like, everything slows down and the noise just gets really quiet? It's true. I hit the wall and it kind of dazed me, of course. I don't even want to know how many G's I hit the wall at, but I know that my brain kept moving along because I ended up with a severe brain injury called the subdural hematoma. Um, went to went to the hospital after and they looked at me and I said, hi, I said, I hit a wall at 280. And they're like, yeah, no, you didn't. I go, yeah, I did. <laughs> and they didn't believe me for a minute. And then they're like, oh my gosh. And they put me on a neck and head restraint and everything and like tied me down to the table. And they said, okay, first we need to check your mental capacity because obviously something's not right if you're going 280 and you hit a wall and you're still walking, something's wrong. Um, about a week later, I realized that I had a severe brain bleed. And so they had to do what's called a craniotomy where they took parts of my skull away and had to allow my brain to heal and drain the fluids. Put me in a light coma, and guess what? 
I woke up and I said, the first words out of my mouth was, am I okay? And they said, you're fine. I said, okay, when do I get to get back in my car? Um, it was scary. I think the husband was scared. The son was scared. He looked at me and he says, mom, that's it. You're done. Because at that time he was only about 12 years old and watching your mom tumble down the drag strip and watching your wife of however many years it was then, you know, they're like, okay, we're done. And I said, what are you, are you kidding me? This is where I feel alive. I mean, I love my family. I love my job. But that sense of freedom when you're barreling down the drag strip and just that adrenaline and uh, the power, I love it. And I don't know when I'm going to give it up. It's not yet. And it wasn't that many years ago. And uh, I said, nope, it's time to get back in the car. But it did change our focus. Well, it changed your focus financially, right? I mean, you'd been oh you'd been gosh, putting yeah. all of your energy into building this business, all of your financial resources into building this business. And all of a sudden, it seemed like you needed to taper off the risk a little bit with some real financial planning. So what happened next? Well, when you're done, you're like, okay, where are we going with this Larson Motorsports company? What are we going to do? And I said, well, okay, well, obviously we've been living for the now, not the future. You know, um, to me, I live my life one quarter mile at a time and I don't look much beyond that. And it changed everything because I said, you know, if I'm unable to do this or if something comes up, what are we, what are we doing in our future? How am I protecting our family and our company? And we went to go see a financial advisor and, you know, going to see someone, I was really nervous because it was outside my norm. I mean, I know about going fast. I know about jet engines and jet fuel and all that kind of stuff. But to walk into an office, I was so nervous because I thought they're going to ask me questions I don't know the answer to. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, they just wanted to chat with me. They said, talk to me about you. Talk to me about your business and talk to me how you want to see yourself when you maybe slow down just a little bit. And I gave them the honest answers. I'm like, okay, well, this is how I would like to live. This is what I'd like to do. And then he came back to me with a game plan. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't so hard. He says, you just need to put this much away. You need to invest this much. And he said, here's a way for you to protect your income. Cause he says, you're kind of a risky girl. So I know you're not going to want to do things just normal. But he said, I feel like this is the best way to protect your income. And he suggested we purchase some annuities because then no matter what happens, I'm always going to have the money. And that's what we did. We're going to talk about why you made that decision in just a second. But before we do that, let me just remind everybody, Her Money is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. And no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you have a safe career or a career filled with risks, it is vital for all women to be actively engaged in our finances and our investments before it becomes a necessity. And that means knowing what you own, what you owe, what your goals are, and having a financial checkup at least once a year. That's what it's called when you're in your financial front seat. And you can learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. We are back with Elaine Larson of Larson Motorsports. You may have seen Elaine on a series of commercials recently. And what, what is it that you said? I say I may be crazy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> and what you're talking about in those ads is the fact that you 
actually got a plan for your finances, which is something that not a lot of people do. Before we took that break, you were telling us that the financial advisor you sat down with recommended an annuity. How did they explain it to you? And how did they get you comfortable with that notion? Because annuities are a vehicle that receive a lot of criticism. They sure do. But, you know, he actually took everything piece by piece and we found the best financial advisor. He was able to say, Elaine, with your team of racing, do you go talk to an expert? And I said, yes. And he said, "Okay." so now you need to let me help you. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm getting this. And he separated. He said, "Okay, how do you see yourself living? Like, what are the things that you have to have? Okay, well, you have to have food. You have to have shelter. You have to have certain things in your life. And he says, how do you think you're going to pay for them? And he asked me some questions that kind of took me back for a second. I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me these things before. And it wasn't scary. It was just insightful. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't leave this up for chance. When I go to take my car out to the starting line, I leave nothing for chance. I mean, we make sure we go over all of the lists and how he put it to me was, here's just another list. This is the list that you're going to need to have protected income. And he said, here's the very basic that you're going to need to be able to provide for your family, to provide for yourself, to have the retirement that you want, not one that's forced on you. I mean, you don't want to be backed into a corner where you just have to live that life. I want to live this life. And it's 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 such a relief. My shoulders are now relaxed. I can focus on my career. I can focus on going fast because I know that box is checked. So essentially what you did was take some money and use it to purchase an income that will cover your fixed costs once you retire. A hundred percent. You know, we, we made me, you know, we sat down together and we just wrote my retirement, you know, and there's no two retirements that are the same. That's what, you know, you don't fit in these slots. Like I don't fit in a normal 51 year old lady slot. You know, I'm a, I'm a race car driver. So of course my retirement's not going to fit in just a normal spot, but that's what financial advisors are all about. They, they totally cater your retirement to you and made me feel so comfortable, made me, you know, he said, you want to protect yourself in your retirement, just like you protect yourself in the race car. And I'm like, okay, well done. You know, I don't, I don't buy the cheapest fire suit because if I ever catch on fire, there's no way I'm going to want to get burnt. Well, you don't want to get burnt in your retirement, just the same. So he's like, this is the way for you to protect your family and yourself. I think we've never before had a conversation about buying the best fire suit on this show before, (laughs) but they're really interesting and important concepts. And Elaine, I just want to say a big thank you for taking some time to talk with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think finding ladies that go out there and take control of their finances, you know, there's so many people, I know my mom, you know, she didn't know what was up when my father passed away. And she had to go through all of these papers and all of this stuff. And now my mother-in-law is in assisted living and I'm helping her with her retirement. And it's like, you're going backwards, not forwards. And I'm. it's time, ladies, to get control of your financial future. And you can't rely on anyone else. It's It's you, yourself, and I at the end of the day, and you need to take control of that. Amen to that. Elaine Larson, thank you so much. Thank you. We will be right back with Kelly and your mailbag. 
Kelly Heldgren, our producer, has joined me in the studio. Elaine is a live wire. Oh, my gosh. But she's also so cool. I mean, that's what makes her so cool. She's incredibly cool, incredibly smart, filled with so many different ideas. But what I do want to just take a step back and talk about is this idea of fixed income in retirement. She sort of breezed right by it pretty quickly. She moves fast. She does. She does move fast. You're starting to see, we're all starting to see a lot of different insurance companies talking about this concept of protected lifetime income. And what they're getting at is the fact that we know Social Security is going to replace about 40 percent of what most people have before retirement. And the rest of our money, for many of us, is tied up in this series of retirement accounts, um, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs. We talk an awful lot about saving and saving and saving for retirement and not as much about what are we going to do to make that money last as long as we do. And so you've heard me talk in the past about taking a chunk of that money and using it to essentially buy a paycheck in the form of an annuity when it comes time to retire. And that's essentially what Elaine did. It allowed her to continue to take risks in her work life that she was comfortable with. And it allowed her to then continue to invest the rest of her money in the business, which is also a risky endeavor. We should probably do another whole show about this concept of how do we make our money last in Mm -hmm. retirement. But I I think it's an interesting notion. Do I need to start thinking about annuities at the age of 27? No, I don't think so. I think you should definitely think about getting comfortable with them. What I'm taking away from this whole discussion is that we can't wait until we're in our 50s and 60s to mm. think about how we're going to make our money last. And there, there are different ways to do it. You don't have to have an annuity. You can rely on the 4% rule, which many of us realized didn't quite work so well in 2008 and right. 2009, which basically says as long as you pull no more than about 4% out of your retirement accounts, the money that's in those retirement accounts should last you 30 years. What we saw was that if you start your retirement at about the same time the market takes a severe tumble, you have to be pretty flexible with those numbers and be willing to edge them down a little bit. You can buy income paying stocks, dividend-paying stocks, and use that to provide you with some sort of income. And we're starting to see Washington pay more attention to this, too. There's some proposals now making their way through Congress that would force employers to show you what your balance in your retirement account looks like Mm -hmm. in the form of a monthly income so that you can be sure that you're not only saving enough, but that you know whether you'll be able to live on that when you get to the point where you no longer want to work. I'm so happy that's available or that's soon to be available. I, we hope so. I mean, it's not I it's so not too. happened quite yet. You know, there are proposals making 
their way in Washington. Well, I asked my question. I will now ask a few of our listeners' questions. Okay. We'll do one from Cora. I'm almost 40 and not making a ton of money, but I am maxing out both my 401k and my Roth IRA. I have a three-month emergency fund. I've also got some money in taxable brokerage accounts. I've got around 10000 that's sitting in savings, and I'm curious about ideas to invest. However, I'm leery of putting more money in the stock market since I feel like I'm already heavily invested. I can't afford to purchase a home since I live in San Francisco and don't intend to move. What are some good options for my savings in my situation? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I know. You're killing it. You are killing it, Cora. (laughs) You want to line your savings up with your goals. And so the way to answer this question is for you to help understand, help yourself understand, and maybe help us understand if you want to write back again, what is this money for? Mm. You know, you can't, if, if I knew that you eventually did want to buy a home, maybe not in San Francisco, maybe somewhere outside San Francisco. Maybe you want to buy a second home before you buy a first home. If I knew that this money was for a down payment, then I would say it should be in safety because you don't want to put it anywhere that you're potentially going to lose it. If I knew that this money was for a trip to Africa that you were not going to take for another 20 years, I would give you a completely different answer because your time horizon is so much longer. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is you are a really, really good candidate to sit down with a financial advisor if you have not done that already. You are completely organized and as Kelly said, killing mm-hmm. it You're in terms of world. your in terms of your goals. Get a little bit of help to figure out what to do with your money. You might decide you want to be an angel investor. There is so much of that going on in San Francisco. Maybe you want to maybe you want to put some of that money to work in businesses that you find exciting. Get yourself a little bit of help so that you can go in the right direction. Nice. Thank you, Cora, for writing in. Now we'll do one from Anne. First of all, I'm a huge fan. I talk more about this podcast than I talk about my children. Oh, my gosh. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you, Anne. That's hilarious. I have converted several friends into listeners and regularly take your advice, which is also very nice. I have two toddlers and would like to know your opinion on getting their credit frozen now. I would prefer to not spend the next 18 years monitoring their credit. It's hard enough to remember to check mine. Freeze it. Freeze it. Freeze it. It's free. It's free. You can do it for kids under the age of 16 for free. Just do it. Done. Thank you, Anne. We appreciate you. Yeah, Anne. Thank you so much. One of the funnier emails we've received in a bit. Okay, and we'll do one more from Emily. Hi, Jean and Kelly. I recently began banking with a credit union offered through my job. It offers share certificates. I haven't heard of these before. Can you explain what a share certificate is? They describe it as, quote, invest risk-free. We offer share certificates with rates higher than regular savings and provide a greater guarantee than other risky investments. Save more for longer to receive a higher rate, end quote. Is this description a true statement of what a share certificate offers? Please elaborate. A share certificate is a credit union word for a CD, Ah. a certificate of deposit. And I wouldn't put CDs in the invest category as much as I would put them in the save category because you know that you're getting a guaranteed return on your money as long as you don't withdraw before your time horizon. Is it a is it a cash like investment? It's a cash like investment. It's like a money market account. It's fine. 
it's not something that you want to do with money that you're looking to get a market-like return on. If this is your, these are your long-term investments, then that is not where I would lock it up. And also, I would watch when we are in a rising interest rate environment, which we are in right now. The Federal Reserve is is hiking interest rates pretty regularly. You want to watch putting your money in CDs or share certificates for too lengthy a period of time because you don't want to miss the next rate hike. And in environments like this, either shorter term CDs or a money market account where you're going to be able to capture that interest rate hike as quickly as it happens is going to be a better idea. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, Jean. Thanks, Kelly. And this week in our Thrive segment, for all those Venmo users out there, you should know it is about to become more expensive. Starting November 6th, which is the day before my birthday, hint, hint, but also, more importantly, Election Day, PayPal will be charging 1% when Venmo users do an instant transfer to their bank accounts. When Venmo first started offering instant transfers, the money appeared in your bank account in 30 minutes or less, and there was only a $0.25 fee on the transactions. Standard bank transfers will remain free, but they could take up to three days. Thankfully, there are other peer-to-peer payment services like Dwala and Square Cash that will not slap you with this kind of a transfer fee as long as you're using it for personal use. If you transfer money often, it may be worth seeing if your friends want to join you in migrating to one of these other platforms. Thank you so much for joining me today on Her Money. Thanks to Elaine Larson for the fantastic conversation. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Fidelity. We record this podcast out of CDM Sound Studios. Our music is provided by Track Tribe, and our show comes to you through PRX. Join us next week. We'll be back with Harvard behaviorist Bridget Madrian to discuss your relationship with your 401k. We'll talk soon. <laughs>